This show is part of the Darkmore Podcast Network. To join our community Discord or see more content from our members, visit darkmorepodcasts.com. My name is Zach, and I play a large-scale dream, a half-high-elf bladesinger wizard, member of the Weaver's Guild, and a special legionnaire of the Pandemonium. And this is Advantage. We're just like all sitting quietly in this in this room. It's uncomfortable. There are conversations that you all know need to be had, but none of you know how to start them. Be- before we jump into conversations, I kind of want to get an idea for like how we are currently positioned in this room, uh, sort of as an, a means of expression from how we feel, like where we chose to sit and how. I'm going to say that the room itself is painted, is, is whitewashed. Uh, it is a safe room that is on the second deck on the bow of the old coral. So up, up near the front, there's only one entrance. It's like right in the middle. And I think on either side, in my head that I pictured the last time we described it, um, in my head there's two benches. One on the left side and one on the right side. There's no portholes. There's only a single door. Because it is the safe room, I'm sure that the walls are like double-lined steel. If you imagine this room, it's like you walk in that door and there's a bench on the right and a bench on the left that runs the length of the room. That if you were to open the door and look in the room, actually forward to my mic. If you were to open the door and look forward uh, into the room, Ulrich would be sitting on the bench on the right against the back wall with their feet, uh, like, facing the door with their feet up on the bench as well, kind of being small. That fits Auric. Uh, Morlinde is on the same bench, but, like, kind of on the other end. But, like, sitting up straight, back to the wall. Uncomfortable. Like, not, not chilling. Probably walking around, not sitting still. This is a pretty tight chamber for you to walk around in. You're welcome to do it, mm-hmm. and I think that that's very interesting. But it, it is notably a tight chamber. There's not a lot of, um room to do so sure probably sit down every now and then get up and i kind of okay you know just not sitting still picture grimton sitting on the left side of this room kind of if you just were to walk into the door and turn immediately left you would see grimton uh, his hands kind of over his knees kind of has a thousand yard stare like right between where uh, Alric and morlinde are just kind of staring into the wall occasionally alaris's robes disrupting his vision as he's walking by, but pretty unwaveringly, like, looking at the wall. Is the door open to the birth of the hull, or are you, uh, is the door shut? Is the door barred closed? There is a bar. Like, you could lock yourselves in there. I think it's shut, but I don't think it's Yeah, I picture it closed. Yeah. (laughs) I think, I think Ulrich sort of breaks the... I guess not the silence. I imagine that there's like 
you know, shuffling sounds, particularly as like a Laris is struggling to sit still, or even just, you know, it's a spaceship, there's going to be spaceship sounds happening quietly, maybe some sort of like dull arcane hum, like a, like, like a refrigerator, mm. you know? Um, or something like, <laughs> like, I mean, you know, you, your house is never... You can hear the footprints overhead. Sure, yeah. It's, it's like when you're at home and your house is never, like, all the way quiet. There's always some little sound going on. Auric breaks the, the speech barrier, I guess, uh, and just says, I, I don't feel good about what we've been a part of lately. The four of you are far within the tunnels of the realm of Earth, somewhere unchartably deep in the elemental chaos. You watch Gorbring's steady hand hold his bearded axe at the throats of the prisoners of war. You bound the hands of the soul forgers and lead them to their maker, Moradin, the dwarf father. The planar shift in the chaos shaft forces your mind to think uncomfortable thoughts about how, back home on the cusp, the current Convention states that a detaining power is forbidden to kill prisoners of war in their custody, about Moradin's threat that led to their capture in the first place. The soul forgers won't make it out of here alive, will trade their souls to Asmodeus and they'll spend eternity damned to fight in the blood war. Return them to me so that I might barter them during their execution. It had to be done. I mean... Did it? You guys must realize that. I... This... If I didn't agree on some level, I wouldn't have joined in. But I don't like it. And I also am not sure I want to keep putting myself in places where these kinds of things seem like the only reasonable answer. Justice is never clean, right? There's never gonna be a happy side when justice comes bearing down its blade. There's always going to be a loser in some capacity, is there not? It's not just about that. It's not just about that specific situation. I mean, what are, what, like, we are deep into all kinds of things much larger than I initially planned on. I mean, I can't speak for you, Grimton, but... <sighs> I mean, we just delivered somebody for an execution. Like, I can't say that that aligns with anything I've ever wanted to do. I'm generally here to keep my home safe my my people and myself safe and i feel like that is becoming a justification for me to do things that are terrible and that i don't necessarily have to do we're way past the purview of what we even agreed to do and what we agreed to do was already pretty large You doffed your armor in the antechamber and donned the amethyst-colored robe that prepares you to enter the throne room. 
Morden is there on the balcony, his flame cape jumping in the wind like a forge under bellows. His face is resolute and silent. Every bit of him drips with power and might as he stands there overlooking his astral dominion. Beside Morden is a tall, ominous, tortured-looking devil. They are shrouded in chains that coil their gaunt, scar-rated body. Razors are wired between barbed chain links. Their eyes are blindfolded, but their mouth smiles a sinister grin of pointed teeth. Neither the Dwarf Father nor the Chain Devil are phased by one another. In most cases, they're enemies, but here, now, they're mutuals. These things have to happen to keep the peace, not just on the cusp, but on heat points around him on this level as well. I mean, maybe, but I'm not terribly fond of this level. And Auric does a similar gesture, but there's a sort of like mocking, I don't know, to it. Like, I guess I'm not making fun of Grimton. It's it's more I'm just like not happy with with this. As if I as if I could do air quotes around a gesture. Alaris, will you sit down? Uh, fine. What's on your mind? I'm. I mean, like, I I kind of agree. We're we're in over our heads. You know, like we're. I imagine Nalara sat down close enough for me to like tap him on the leg. So I do, and I go, "What are you talking about? There's destiny in your blood. There's nothing that you're gonna be in over your head." Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I guess, I guess I, I, guess I see where, where you're coming from with that one. Um, but regardless, um, what, like, we need to get, stop putting ourselves in positions where we feel like we're pressured into saying yes to things that we don't want to do by people higher than us, I guess. I, I would agree, you know? Special Legionnaire. I say, like, indicating both of you, who that is literally how we all got that, just to create green Yeah. Uh, well. Authority figure. That's true. I think we've been coming into contact with a lot of authoritative figures, and it's just like, we can, we're in a space where the consequence for us for saying no to something it seems too much. We've we've yesed into many things that are just like, like you said, we're we are now in over our heads. Morlinde, you look at the executioner's face, and they turn towards you. You see the face of Ilrun Valric, the presiding druid of the Rock of Visions, who led the Tempest Oath and the zealot survivors against the protected remnants. You feel yourself known. Like this battery thing is, 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 a, it's very big. Um, what are we even doing anymore? That's, that's a good question. Why are we here? Well, I feel like we came here on accident in a way. <laughs> and now we, now we, we're here jump through a portal and now we're here um yeah um maybe for the first time since we started 
this adventure, we're firmly grasping the wheel here, so to speak. We're traveling with this arcane battery to the cusp. Who's going to dictate what happens there, if not us, with this kind of power? We are in control of how this story is going to play out from here forward. No spirits, no emperors, no gods, not on the cusp. So that bothers me, because on the one hand, I I hate the various powerful entities that play out as they see fit on my world and in my space with my people and myself. I can't stand that. I'm, st I'm still furious at uh, the spirits for what they caused, at uh, the gods for their own inscrutable quests that brought us here. I don't like any of that. And so on the one hand, yeah, I'd like for them not to be in control of it, but I don't want to do it either. <laughs> I just want them to, to leave me alone, and I'll leave them alone, and they'll stay in their lane, and I'll stay... Wow, well, that, that euphemism wouldn't make sense. I want the gods and the spirits and every <laughs> damn other thing that doesn't live near me to just stay in their own area and do their own thing. I'm tired of having to worry about what the Pandominion is doing. I'm tired of having to worry about what King Graysunder is doing. I'm, I'm tired of all of this. I want to be home. Ulrich, the only way you're going to achieve that is with power. I don't think you're grasping that. I... What happens when I get, when I get all the power, or we get all the power? Then what? We're in charge, right? Then you get to dictate your piece. Yeah. From Am I going to get to do that from the watched forest? Am I going to get to just be home? Or am I going to be under constant threat of other people who want the same power that I now hold? It's never done. It's always going to keep spinning out of control. And honestly, it always has been. It's just starting to affect me, and I don't like it. Like, for all that these things are terrible, this has been going on for... Since the Dawn War. Why, why, why is this our responsibility? Why is this my responsibility? And I don't, I don't disagree with you. You're not wrong. I'm just mad <laughs> that it's the way that it is. I don't want the world to be this way. And I don't understand why it has to be. particularly from beings who are supposed to be better than us, or at least more powerful. They have the same petty problems that we do. I, sh I wanna finish what we're doing, and then I wanna go home. I wanna be with my people. I want to feel at home. I haven't felt that in a while. I, I, I can't fault you for that. Back, like I said, we were talking to Coralon at the inception of all of this. You guys are free to leave when you want to, when you feel it's best. I know that this is probably the path that I'm going to go down. I see no other choice for myself. But what, <laughs> where does this path lead? I don't know, Alaris. 
that would it would be too simple if I knew. I don't think it leads anywhere good. This just feels kind of like a landslide and like there's not like we're just like in it at this point. Um and I'm very concerned about how the landslide ends because it's just getting like faster and faster and bigger and bigger but like at some point like it's going to stop right or are we just going to keep on encountering more powerful figures who keep asking us to do more things that we don't necessarily want to do but feel like we have to do maybe we should learn to find a way to get out of it at the beginning rather than in the middle or end and I know that's hindsight like but yeah but if we want to just get out of it what what do we do you know like we it's hard to leave something like this where we know what is coming and we know that there's going to be a potentially worse outcome by us just dropping out they're gonna find a way to get this power to the people they want to get it to it'll be worse off in their hands potentially we're not necessarily responsible for that but it almost feels like we then have let that happen you know at that point it was like we could have stopped the empress from getting this power and destroying the orcs or whatever and we chose to just walk away and i mean that doesn't necessarily feel good to me i just don't want to tired of being a part of like cusp changing events on such a regular basis yeah can confirm yeah i get that i'm tired i and and when they get bigger you know my whole world shattered at the the beginning of all this with the conflict in Kolgafir. Then again, my my expanded world also fell apart, quite literally burned. And I feel like it, it every time my view of the cusp and and everything that's here expands, it's all burning. It's all falling apart all the time. I mean, this might not be possible. This might not be something I'll like. I might not be able to ever focus my vision back down to the small, but I would very much like to have a normal week with my friends and family back home in the Watched Forest. Ulrich, you feel the gaze of the Devil's Blindfold and could not help but look. You see the face of your mother, who you last saw from the dinghy as you escaped Kolgafir. There's something within you that feels unearthed. Saving the world is exhausting. I don't even know if we're saving it. Changing the world is exhausting. Yeah. Yeah. Hello? Hey, are you good? It's Maylon. Yeah, we're, we're okay. Uh... I think... <laughs> can, I, can I join you or do you want space? Uh, I mean, if you... Sure, if you want to come in, that's fine. You've, you've been 
through this adventure at this point is basically as much as the rest of us. So, yeah. right quick, all the all the terrible things we witnessed at that, that execution. Who all of our NPC compatriots witnessed that? Like all of them? Malin's the only person with us. Did she watch it? The execution? No, she was not there. Good. Does she know that it happened? She would have known Moradin's intentions, but was not there for it. Right. Good for her. Um, so Malin uh, opens the door all the way and then looks into this uh, cramped, whitewashed room and looks to the right to Ulrich and Morlinday and then looks to the left at Grimton to the immediate and Alaris farther back and decides to sit on the floor in the middle between Alaris and Ulrich and puts her head down between her knees. Not in like a seasick way, but like in a I'm gonna rest sort of way. Don't let me interrupt you. Well, Alaris. I mean, for all that I, I don't necessarily want to be dragged along by it, I understand what Grimton is trying to achieve. This makes sense in his world. What are, you, what are you still doing with all this? What are you trying to get out of this? Well, that's, that's a good question. I don't, I don't know if I know the answer necessarily to that question um I, th- I think I've kind of just been going and hoping that eventually I'll figure out what what like what I want to do and what it all means but I don't know Alaris your curiosity brings you to face the devil. And looking back at you is a face that you have only seen in a portrait. Elifir Geldrim sees you, raw, and marks you as claimed. If it makes you feel any better, it doesn't get any easier. So that means it's not gonna get any worse. (laughs) (laughs) Grimton, You bravely look toward the Executioner. It is your father, son of Gorbring, who is shrouded with chains and razor links. I don't know. I mean, I feel like I've been kind of the one almost spearheading all of this, you know, rushing into things as we've as we've been here in the the astral sea this last couple days. And I feel like I've, I've I'm responsible for having gotten us into you know this really difficult situation the executioner blindfolds the prisoners then leads them by their bindings to a smooth stone rack the gray-haired soul forger is pushed forward and shaking her hands fall onto the rack she begins to cry repeating protest over and over the devil smiles soul forger is placed onto the rack prone. A single restraint is placed around the neck of the prisoner. Her face is pressed into the stone, exposing the vertebrae of her neck. You see something. It's something that you've heard of, but have never witnessed in person. 
the silver cord, which ties the soul to its embodiment. You think of your own silver cord, and you think of mortal fragility. And now I kind of feel like I don't know where we where we go from from here. I mean, I know where I want to go. I, I understand where you want to go. I want to go, well, I want to finish what we started. I want to get Grace under as at least occupied as possible. And I want to go back home. And I'm sorry, I don't necessarily care all that much anymore about what's happening between Colgafir and the Pandominion. That used to be my home, but I'm not sure I'll ever go back there anymore. And there is a, a whole country between that problem and my people. And like, I know that's, that's your people. That's your home. And like, you've got your own motivations and that's fine. But <laughs> that's, that's not my world. Uh, those aren't my problems. The devil steps back. Their shroud of chains drag along the floor. With a great heaving might, the devil lifts their arms, magically lifting the weight of the fetters up into the sky. Their razor's edge barbs are poised, ready to strike. And all at once, the executioner brings down the whips of chains, their entire body throwing their weight onto the doomed prisoner. They move as an extension of the body, fluid and deadly tools that tear the skin. The Soulforger's wails become hoarse as her voice cracks from the force of her screams. Finally, the devil halts the chains. All but one hooked barb falls to the ground in a clamor of metal. The executioner steps forward, grabbing the billhook from the air with his wretched hands. It is placed around the neck of the prisoner, bloodied and exposed. With a wide smile, the devil pulls the sickle through her neck. It passes through the body, dealing no further damage. There is a moment, though, where you hear something. Maybe not so much as hear, but feel. Like the breaking of a thread. And as the hook exits the body, it pulls with it the silver cord. The executioner reaches out, dragging their chain shroud along the ground, and gently removes the fragile thread. With great effort, they magically lift one line of the shackles to bear, and with a calm hand, thread the silver cord into a link, transforming it to iron and adding it to their line. Hey friends, it's Joe. So glad you're here with us for episode 2.55. I love this episode. Unknown associates get regal and intense and are trying to wrestle with the burdens that they carry with them. They're uncomfortable and I'm thankful for the opportunity to sit in that discomfort with them. From where I am now, after this we'll have three more episodes of this act of arc two. I'm gonna try to do my best to get those last episodes out at the end of December and then cap off this movement of the story 
with our fifth year anniversary special. Next is the third and final act of the second arc of our story. Thank you to all the people who have helped us get this far in that story. Blake Boss and Orman Audio for the music, Daniel Grayling for graphic art and art, and all of our Patreon supporters for helping cover our expenses. Uh, huge appreciation to our newest supporter, Xander, who just joined last week. We're a small show, and every single dollar donated is a significant amount still. Thank you. Check out our sponsors, Dark Silver Forge and Cosmic Blues Minis. Dark Silver Forge makes stunning zinc alloy die sets. Everyone in Advantage rolls their bones. I have three sets myself. They come highly recommended. Get 10% off your orders at darkserverforge.com or by using the code ADVANTAGEDND, no spaces, all caps. Cosmic Blues prints and paints custom tabletop miniatures like the kind that you probably have a ton of saved on Hero Forge. Um, as a part of their sponsorship deal, they printed out the Unknown Associates and those figures recently came in. And in my house, I've got a tiny Ulrich and a Morlinde and an Alaris and a Grimton. And they're so cool. They're perfect, honestly. Makes me crave playing an in-person game with my friends again. Use the code ADVANTAGEDND on their Etsy and get a percentage off your order. Alright, enough of my talking, you know the rest. You can join our Discord that's linked down in the doobly-doo, find us on social media, and I bet you know where. Uh, I also bet you know our website and where you can find all the maps and all that. It's great, it's consistent, you know what, perfect, I love it. Alright, let's get back to the show. Thank you. The old coral rocks in the harbor of Selena. Glittering stardust waves wash against the ship as a number of dwarves in jumpsuits disembark the astrals of Beck with a two-wheeled dolly. Melin, Mead Drinker, Vindrich, and Commander Devine stand on the wharf, only half acknowledging them, looking as noticeably nonchalant as possible. As you board with Mead Drinker, you see Vindrich shake the hand of the commander. Grimton, Vindrich gives you a meaningful nod. Then he walks away from the wharf, and you watch his gold-scale body transform from humanoid to draconic, and then take off into the direction of Mertian. You quickly understand that this is a cover for a politically dubious operation, sneaking the arcane battery out of Celestia, unnoticed by Bahamut's dragon Airy. It's a risky operation, as any unusual military activity will mark the old quarrel as suspicious by the Platinum Dragon's blockade. But this also leaves the Astral's Vec as defenseless. You notice that this time, you don't even have the Bronze Dragon, Yuthleach, who aided you in the raid against the Gesnyanki. I think we should consider very carefully what we want to do once we are back on the cusp with our cargo. What are our options? Um, I'm not particularly interested in participating in a genocide. 
So I know that might have been part of the reason that we were given access to this thing. But, like, maybe we could not do that? I don't guess just, like, tucking this thing away somewhere where no one can use it is really an option. No. Anywhere I could think of <laughs> just becomes a destination for somebody else to come try and get it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really want the Pandominion to have it. I really don't want it to be in nope. the Watch Forest and be our problem. Nope. I definitely don't want to see it go to Grace Under. And the problem is, is like, we don't know where, where we're going or what we're doing with it regardless. So, I don't know. I feel like with the arcane battery like this whole thing in general it might be good to try to find like a nation or a peoples or something that you know isn't involved in this all conflict sort of removed from everything and and you know get them to help us figure it out like like maybe we go to um alvadar you know and they, they, they have a lot of magical people there. You know, maybe maybe we try to wrap up this Grace Under stuff as, as quickly as possible when we get back and then reach out to some some people that are more magically capable than, than us and not necessarily someone with stakes in the the race and, and figure it out from there. But obviously that's a, a long journey into itself. It's probably... I would assume several days of, of Could we, um... Is it possible to go back, like, several steps back? Can we handle the Grace Under situation without this object? I know we went through a lot of work for it, but, like, really what would happen if we just, like, left it here? Where is the here that you're leaving it? Uh, <laughs> and what are the consequences for leaving it? That is it. Who are you going to get on the wrong side of if you... Question. That's a great question. I mean, you'll be on the wrong side of Moradin, for one. Yes. And uh, Cord, which probably not a good person to have on your bad side. The god of wisdom and foresight and strategy and the dwarf father. <laughs> this is probably the least safe place for this thing. I mean, here amongst the gods, at least in the cusp, it'll be out of their reach directly. I don't guess there's a way to like separate it to where instead of one very powerful source, it's a horcrux. It becomes, <laughs> it becomes, <laughs> Sue is JK Rowling. <laughs> She's a turf anyway, we don't like her. Maybe we find a way to split it into four and take it our own separate ways. This feels like a power nobody should really have. And not and like I don't know if I trust really anyone <laughs> with it. Not e not even you guys, not even myself, you know, that's just like <laughs> I'm sure plenty of the people that are causing problems believe in what they're doing. 
I'm sure I'm sure Grace Under thinks that that what he's doing is the only way. That's what he's got to do. Grimton, you remember what Vindrich said when you were coming up with this plan. You remember as he disclosed Bahamut's problem with the arcane battery is that he doesn't want it to end up in the hands of a nation. But what you four working with it is is a collection of four different backgrounds all working together with it to determine what needs to be done. Vindrich, he did not get approval with uh, with uh, Bahamut, but Vindrich sees that as a way to utilize the power without having it under a single executive control. We've been entrusted with this indirectly, as it were. Forever? We can't have it come under the control of any nation or anybody with that sort of influence. Between the four of us, this is precisely why, I think, we've been allowed to get it this far. We'll use it if we have to, or how we have to. And then beyond that, I think our judgment will be best. If we decide to split it and render it unusable, that's fine. All of you remember the charge that Moradin gave. His idea was for you to use the arcane battery to destroy the Warforged and to cripple Greysunder. As much as Moradin does not like the orcs, it was primarily Corallon who was the one verbalizing it as a, as a tool to destroy the orcs themselves versus Moradin's use to destroy the Warforged production, which then cripples the, the orcs and then lessens their military capacities in the Great Scuffle. So I think I think Arik likes that idea the most. Yeah, and like not doing something that Coralon Loki suggested is less scary than some of the other guys. In the berth of the ship is a large wooden barrel labeled Selenian Mead. Somewhere Smuggled in that butt of honey wine is an arcane battery that you plan to covertly siphon the power from a legendary weapon wielded by gods during the Dawn War. Beside the barrel of Selenian mead, you see a bundle wrapped in heavy canvas. You see a gleaming silvered point has torn a small hole in one end where the ties were too snug. Ulrich, do you, can can you tell me more about Kolgafir? It was my home. <laughs> in a in a way, I I can, and in in some ways, I can't. Because while I technically, uh, while I lived on that continent, me and my people weren't exactly part of it. Like it's. Its government was a thing, it was very theoretical to my people. We kind of just did our own thing and we were largely left alone. 
But, that being said, Kolgafir as a nation is not something to be trifled with, and they are powerful and dangerous, and even more so, they're driven. Hmm. They're a very, a very capable nation, and are willing to go to some extreme lengths to accomplish their own goals. The government itself uh, always feels a little more like a kind of loose coalition. Uh, whoever's strongest is in charge, and so they kind of accept that while they can, Or, but then anyone else that has the opportunity to become that just kind of goes for it, so not terribly stable. See, this is, this is what I'm talking about. Because on the one hand, I'm sitting here thinking, yeah, we should probably do something about Kolgafir. They're going to probably create a lot more problems than just, you know, a one-front war against the Pandominion. Particularly if that combat and that struggle uh, stalls out for too long. They could start doing all kinds of other stuff. Uh, and I'm not convinced they would necessarily stop at the Pandominion once they had it, if they could. And to be clear, I don't think it was just about that fortress or that strait. I think they want more. I, th I think something should be done about that, but I am exhausted at the thought of being the person or part of the group of people who has to do something about that. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't hate orcs as much as Coraline appears to. Uh, like as a as a nation, they've done some not great things for sure, and they definitely have a complicated imperial history. But I mean, like I traded with plenty of them. There, were, I had friends who were just as normal as anybody else. They're just trying to get. You know, trying to take care of their own, trying to put food on the table, and have happy neighbors. I don't want to see anything terrible come to that. Mm-hmm. I don't want, I don't want some, uh, you know, orcish person to become a refugee. I want the, the war to stop. And I don't really want either side to have any more power than they did before. is quite the mess that we found ourselves in isn't it yeah i think i think saying a lot of that out loud was really important and i know i sound really frustrated and i am frustrated but for what it's worth i like you guys are my friends and i do care about you and despite what i said a little bit ago i i do care about you know, a step removed. I care about your people in your homes. I don't want to see terrible things happen to them either. Well, I think I don't want to be a, a special legionnaire anymore. <laughs> what even is a special legionnaire, Laris? Were we even ever told? No, but I don't want to be behooved, like, to answer... You know, to is it just like the allegiances of it? That anymore? Like, I just like obviously I think that the way it would potentially go is 
if if I just like walked in there and was like, hey, I don't want to, I don't want to be this anymore, they'd probably like you know have us make like a final debrief or something. I don't necessarily want to do that because you know they would potentially like zone of truth us or whatever, and that doesn't seem good for um, what we're trying to do currently. So I think that I might just stop wearing the gorget and just you know not not do it anymore. I feel we may have outgrown them just a bit. The panda minion, that is. Yeah, my neck muscles are getting a little bigger. <laughs> Maybe I'll laugh at that and then, like, elbows you in the knee as she's sitting on the ground. <laughs> the only reason, I think, Vinebridge even let us off that ship with this arcane battery is because they knew that push come to shove i wouldn't let this fall into the hands of the pandominion my allegiances are far stronger to the ideals of bahamut than any nation but at the same time you know we are just people like if if they found out about this they could just come and take it you know they could try yeah i, I don't Grimton, you're strong i don't know if you're fighting army strong <laughs> not yet <laughs> yeah. Use that siphon. <laughs> um, so what I think our overall plan should be, we should get back, keep this powerful item, hush hush. We could go back, power it up. Let's deal with the grace under stuff, or try to deal with that, which is already another ridiculous bag of <laughs> ridiculousness that I don't have any idea how we're gonna solve. Like. How do four people plus some citizens overthrow a kingdom? You know? Like, that's a... With access to a printing press and... Yeah, you forget our propaganda, <laughs> Lars. And propaganda. Yeah, we're, we are yeah, fighting a propaganda yeah, that's, war. That's fair. The more time that you spend away, the more time that the propaganda has time to work. Yeah. <laughs> Unless it got squashed, who knows? Maybe they squashed all the printing presses and destroyed all that stuff. We have no idea what's going on over there. True, but if they do it right and everything's worked out, you will not be entering the same herd earth that you left. That's true. If everything went hunky-dory the way we wanted it to. Oh, we gotta find a princess still. That's true. We have to do that on the way back. Um, Man, we side quested hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's only been like what, like a week. It's been a busy week. Like two weeks. We're gonna come back and be like, "Yeah, how'd the pamphlet war go?" And they'll be like, "Yeah, it went pretty great." What you guys been up to? And we're like, "Well." So we went to space. I, we can't tell you, but <laughs> we can't tell you anything about it. Some big stuff. <laughs> Briston is going to have some questions. Alric, because Briston has the sea glass waypoint <laughs> and is able to see you in space. <laughs> I've thought about that. Like, I can imagine, I've been imagining him, like, looking around confused, like, why he can't see. Because I don't imagine this, like, you know how when you're playing a video game and, like... He might have thought you died. Well, because, like... You know how in a video game, when you've got, like, a waypoint, it always shows on, like, the side of the screen, so you know, yeah, like, yeah. where to turn. This ain't like that. This is just points the direction it was. This so, up. Yeah, like, I, I imagine that, like, you know, he'd, at least once there'd be a time where he is, like, laying in bed. Then, like, wait, what is the... What's the waypoint doing up there? Yeah, so I imagine he's thoroughly confused. 
but I don't uh, I don't know exactly what he's like no, thinking is happening. If he I guess if he logicked his way through it, he would realize that, you know, because you died doesn't mean your body is in the actual sea, like your soul would be. So your like the sea glass would still be on your body. It means you your body is physically in the actual sea or above somewhere. So he right. yeah, he's gonna be like, What's happening? He's just gonna be confused. Huh. Which is a completely fair way to be. It's confusing. <laughs> All things considered. Alarius says Maylin, you mentioned going to charge up the battery? You're gonna you want to arm the bomb? I mean the idea is it would be the most effective way to once Cripple Grace once under, armed yeah. get yeah, really mess up the manufacturing of the Warforged. Morlinda, you answer that so calmly and confidently for somebody that's just that has just been talking about how you don't want this power to exist at all. And the best way if you're trying to stop crossbow violence, the easiest way to do that is to not have any crossbows. <laughs> yes, but we're trying to stop Warforged. So I'm not sure what the plan should be otherwise, but I'm also very not happy with the current plan. So if I remember right, Corallon wants you to break into the Reliquy Tower? Mm-hmm. And go use that old, old weapon. The God Blinder. How does that even work? That's a good question. No one's been able to really give us an answer on that. I'm gonna guess we just, like, get them near each other and the battery's gonna do its thing. Yeah. But it it may not work that way. You think that the battery's just like a vacuum and it it's gonna, just based on arcane equilibrium, going to siphon the magic from the spear? Um, yes. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean... None of us are scientists. She also knows about engineering. Yeah, like... <laughs> this whole time I've just been picturing a car battery, so I'm just gonna... <laughs> yeah, I don't That's remember a... what this thing actually looks like. We haven't seen it, no. We haven't seen it. It's it's in the I guess the we, could, butt. we could look at it. I've, I've been imagining something a little, like, more artificial. Probably big enough that I could hold it with both of my hands, like, in front of my chest. So for some reason, that just feels like the right size. Like, bigger than something small, but smaller than something large, <laughs> I guess. That's fair. Um, and, like, having some kind of, like, crystal thingy-looking thing in the middle that maybe even, like, kind of floats with, like, and, like, kind of pill-shaped. That's, that's what I've been imagining. You say out loud. <laughs> I guess... The, the people who would be experts on this, we've kind of already talked to, and they were pretty vague, so. Yeah, and I mean, that's and that's what I was saying with, with my overall, you know, plan to potentially do, you know, something like go go out of out of network, I guess, for <laughs> for some advice. I think that might be the best way for us to get some more information on what we can do are we also are we gonna talk to Corlon when we get back to there or are we just gonna avoid them and go straight back to the cusp i think avoiding them would be a great idea 
Yeah, but they could also give us some cool new magical things to take with us to better defend ourselves. Grimton, your divine sense rings in your ear. You look around for its source and spot a small craft moored in the bay. The lot of you see a small wooden boat with a shallow draft called a punt, which is only slightly longer than an ox cart. It has no tiller, no sails, no oars. At the stern of the boat is the craft's propulsion, a bearded devil who holds a long ash-colored quant pole. A great mass of serpent-like growths adorn its chin, dripping with venom. Alaris, you have heard stories of the Blood War, where these devils act as shock troops against the demons of the Abyss. At the bow is another fiend, a barbed devil that stands alert with a caged lantern in which hellfire flickers brightly. Its body, Morlinde and Ulrich, reminds you of the honey locust, a tree common to the valley of the Charmed River. Brutal thorns cluster themselves on the head, neck, and limbs of the fiend. It ceaselessly searches the wharf for danger, eventually laying eyes on the old quarrel as it passes. I don't really want to fight a god if I don't have to. Well, we're not gonna. Why would we have to fight a god? I'm just saying. You hear? I just don't want to do that. You hear an order barked on the deck above you, and the sound of running boots. Me drinker opens the hatch to the safe room. It says battle stations. Our worst fears are here. Oh, what? What are what are our worst fears? Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna stop the recording there. Sorry. <laughs> I just want to know what our worst fears are. just want them to to leave me alone and i'll leave them alone and they'll stay in their lane and i'll stay wow that that euphemism wouldn't make sense would it make sense in the cusp stay in your lane sure yeah uh, there's roads carts still drive on the right side which is there's the only like correct way to drive wow <laughs> wow really just gonna anger our european friends there like that huh well no there no most of europe most of Europe drives on the right side of the road too, which is correct. It's like England and like New Zealand that drive on the left. All right. Well, all of our English and New Zealander friends. Kiwi. Is that the word? Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, all of y'all, uh, you're just wrong. But anyway, um, 
Sure, I'll, I'll go with stay in your lane. That was bitter. Oh, wait. Sorry. Here we go. There's there's a bunch of uh, British colonies. Basically, everywhere that was once colonized by Britain, aside from, like, the U.S., drives right. on the left. Mm-hmm. Interesting. <laughs> anyway, though. 